Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for it. Hi, hi, and welcome. I'm Classy. And I'm Nick T. Enthusiast. Oh. And thanks for joining us on Takada, a variety talk, <laughs> a variety <laughs> talk <laughs> show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do we leave that one or do I keep? Of course. Oh, God. Okay. A variety talk show where we talk about anything and nothing at all and hopefully get you talking too. Oh, yeah. And this is going to be a good one. We're already, both of us, weirdly tired. Yeah, we're both a little loopy, both a little tired. Almost didn't record today. <laughs> get buckle up, um, everyone, is what we're saying. It's going to be an exciting adventure. <laughs> You know, if, in fairness, you should always be buckled up while listening to this show, because you never know what's going to happen. True. You might fall down. Yeah. Something might fall on you. Let's not talk about things falling on our audience, but, I mean, they might fall eh. down from eh, laughter. About, or what if love <laughs> fell down on them? Okay. Metaphorical things can You know fall what? I, I hope metaphorical good things fall on all of you. <laughs> I don't. I'm bitter and jealous. Probably true, actually. No. <laughs> Anytime. Here's here's a, a rubric of how you know if you're a good person or not. Someone in your life says something good has happened to them, and your first response is anything other than Mazel tov. If it's something like, oh, man, then you know you're just a bad person. Right. Yeah. 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 I've talked about that many a time. Oh, yeah. Has anything good happened to you lately that I can say Mazel Tov Um, to? I mean, we recorded last Sunday, so you already heard about that house closing, the real estate deal. Yep, yep, yep. Um, no, this week's so we been pretty, you know, a week. Like, it, it, nothing in particular happened this week. When a house closes, yeah. so that means everything is finally done. That's not when they place the offer and the offer is accepted and all no, that. No, this no, no, no. Escrow that's, is that's done, everything's like done. Negotiations begin at that point uh, when you just put in an offer. Um, right. So and that then, means you got paid. Yeah, so then it's basically like when you put in the offer, that's putting in the contract, right? Like that's basically like starting the contract. Um Closing escrow is when you actually, like, everyone signs, keys are handed over, things are done. All the ghosts are informed that there will be a new tenant. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. People don't think about uh, the, the, what's the word, the politeness to show towards ghosties. Right? Yeah. They don't think about that enough. I'll have to now, say that to a particular client sometime. Like, if I have a client that's, like, super chill and funny, I'll have to be like, oh, and also we should probably put in the contract that you need to inform your um, spirits living here that there's mm -hmm. going to be a new tenant. Yeah. <laughs> Just introduce yourself. You don't, ooh, ooh, what you do, what you tell them to do is get, like, a fruit plate or something and then eat it right in front of all of the ghosties. Right. And then that way, when you eat it, the platter becomes a ghost platter because it's dead now too, right? And therefore, the ghosties can eat their fruit platter 
and you have yourselves a little uh, what's welcome welcome party. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the appropriate response there. Perfect. I love it. I'll definitely uh, write that into a contract too. That's good. Now, I always thought it's funny that you have to. Um, I don't know. It's probably the same here in California that you have to announce if there was a murder on the property yeah because like i'm sure there's a reason for it but to me the only reason i can think about it is because people might be afraid of ghosts and i'm like well i don't believe in ghosts so you don't need to tell me in fact i would prefer if you didn't tell me someone died here i wonder if there's a reason for that other than there might be yeah, right. bad spirits here or bad like, juju also, yeah and how long back because if it's like oh yeah the person the previous person was murdered here then okay that might mean hey there's some crime in this area maybe i should know that but if they say like you know a hundred years ago on a full moon old man winters murdered his children in the basement and now you can never go down there and or california this area doesn't have basements which is why i feel perfectly fine saying someone was murdered in a basement but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was like, uh, all right, that was 100, 100 years ago. All right, whatever. Someone's cleaned up after it, I'm sure. It just says because it's something that can affect the home's value. I, I looked it up. Um, so it, violent deaths are required to disclose because they can affect the home's value. If a buyer asks about a death, you also have your legal, legally required, doesn't matter the state, um, to tell them the truth or risk legal repercussions. Does it explain why? Because I guarantee you... No, this is just realtor.com, so I, it doesn't say why. Um, I'm going to have to ask my many, many realtor friends, uh, because it, there's got to be a reason for it, and it cannot. Please, I don't want to live in a world where the reason for this is because people are afraid of ghosts. No, I think it's just because of the stigmatization. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, for me, nothing nothing going on. We've been so busy and slammed at work. Yeah. Uh, so I will get home and just go straight to bed. I went to bed at about uh, a little past seven, two nights in a row, just because I was so tired. Oh, man. But uh, everything's good. No, it's fine. I, I like sleeping. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I mean, don't we all? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm yeah. sure there's someone out there who's like, no, no, no. Sleeping is time that I could be using with projects. Well, I mean, a lot of people, I think, joke like that, but they also need sleep in order to get most of their projects done. So. Yeah. Yeah. Why burn, the, why burn the midnight oil? I just understood the fra that phrase. That's oil that you burn literally at midnight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, like, okay, we, we, don't use, we don't use oil lamps anymore. We don't right. think about that kind of thing. So it's right. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You stayed up way too late, and now you're burning your, your secret reserve of midnight oil. It's actually really interesting because the house I grew up in um, was really old. Like, it um, it went back. Like outhouse old or? Um, no, but um, okay. it started off as a one-room adobe cottage because um, I live near um, a rock quarry. Oh, that's and so, Yeah, so, and it had been remodeled over the years. So, yeah, our living room was basically an, 
it had actual adobe walls um which was interesting but did you ever photoshop those walls oh my gosh <laughs> aren't you glad we recorded today yeah i'm so glad <laughs> <laughs> no that's the uh, a friend of ours lives out in uh somewhere in the santa cruz mountains and his house used to be a post office and a jail like a, a holding cell area and so all of the walls are actually made the original walls are all made out of adobe bricks that were made by oh, the inmates because they're just like well we need to have you do something so right. yeah, yeah yeah it's a nice it's actually honestly it's, it's cool. a nice style yeah, yeah and it's it's a neat look um but uh so that house it came with a an old school player piano um oh, cool. Yeah, and it also had, like, oil lamps and stuff. Like, it had some old stuff in it. And it was the weirdest, craziest thing. So, yeah. And it also had this, like, old-school cash register. Um, oh, I love those with all the big, heavy keys. Yeah, and it almost looked like a typewriter. It was this big, mm -hmm. like, brass um, cash register with, like, big black, you know, typewriter keys. And, yeah, it was crazy. So That's really neat. If you ever... Yeah, or if you my dad got rid of that stuff. Oh, I well, know. if you ever make it back down here to San Jose, or if uh, uh, a gentle listener makes it into San Jose, there's a restaurant, I don't remember the name of it, uh, sorry, I'll find out, but uh, there's a restaurant around here that's only open like two or three days a month, because the people who own it are just like these wealthy, um, um, not tech people, but I don't know, wealthy retirees, and so they do this as a hobby. And the restaurant, all of the stuff inside of it is a bunch of player pianos, a bunch of scrolls for player pianos. They have old-timey type, typewriters. And, of course, they're wearing arm garters on their shirts. But, like, they, so make cool. all, they make all of their sodas and stuff on-premise. Like, like, they have a soda fountain. Uh, I've, always, I've been meaning to go for a very long time. But anytime I'm downtown, they're not open. Because, like I said, they have very limited hours. And uh, uh, when, well... It's not exactly like I've been able to do anything for the last four months. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but I cannot wait to go back. And the thing is also, like, I'm sure they're still open. Like, like they were only ever open as, like, a hobby anyway. So the fact that they have no business for the last four months, I don't think they care. I think it's called Orchestria Palm Court Restaurant. Is that it? Could be. I remember where it is. I don't know. And then, like, if you said, oh, it's on this street, I'd be like, yeah, no, I mean... I remember I could walk to it from downtown. <laughs> I don't know the names of any of the yeah, streets downtown. Yeah, it's only open on Friday from 5.45 to 8.30, Saturday from 5.45 to 8.30, and Sunday it's closed, and it doesn't say any other days. Oh, then, the, yeah, that's probably it. Is it, like, in the middle of, not really the middle of nowhere, but it's kind of, like, uh, kind of around the, the whatchamacallit, the convention center no it's still like half a mile from the convention uh, center it's on you know williams street so yeah it's it's downtown okay yeah it's probably that one then yeah it looks like it because yeah it has very limited hours and how many restaurants in the downtown area have player pianos and a self-playing violin and things oh, like that in that case for sure it is yeah. definitely that one <laughs> <laughs> that's what i looked there's up also... i was like san jose player piano restaurant <laughs> There's also a hidden bar that I've never been to. I've been past it a million times, and I know it's there. They have no sign. What they have instead of, like, a name is uh, just, like, 
it looked like a side entrance, and I always thought it was just a loading bay for the longest time. But it has like a little derby and tie hanging off on the side, and that's the uh, the like location address or whatever you want to call it. Mm. I've been meaning to go, but the problem is also. I feel like bars downtown are just kind of a disappointment, so oh, yeah. I'm just probably never going to go. But I do like the idea of it's just kind of like semi-secret. Like, it's on a main street, and it's one of the only things on that main street. So it's like, if you didn't know this was there, congratulations, you're a moron. Or you're brand new to the city. Uh, but uh, you may not have known it was a bar, but you knew there was something there. So I, I kind of want to just go in and see it, but uh, once I see it, I'm done. That's good. Yeah. Um, and just, I thought about this. I was like, just so everyone knows what a player piano is, because they're really old school. Not it's everyone a knows what a piano that bangs a lot of other pianos. Oh! It's not. Um, <laughs> it's a real player, though. No, so okay, uh, the player piano is one that they used to put coins in, and it had scrolls with um, little notches in it. And so it would run the scroll and it would make the keys move. So it was a self-playing piano, basically. Um, and people would put coins in and it would play songs off the scroll um, until their time was up, however long that the time lasted based on the amount put in. So, yeah, that's what a player piano is. And it actually moves into my question quite nicely, which is really interesting. <laughs> so... Why can't most people keep up with trends in music, fashion, or tech as they get older? Ooh, music, I actually kind of know. I don't want to say for a fact, because, like, I've listened to, quote, new music, and I enjoy it. But music, I remember hearing that uh, the music that you listen to, you kind of, like, think of your brain as jello. And you know how jello, you got to stick it in the refrigerator so it it sets? Mm -hmm. Well, basically, by the time you're about 30, your brain has set. And so the music that you listen to up to that point is the kind of music that you're going to listen to from there on out, barring some kind of radical change. Like, if you're 40 and you just discover, say, jazz and you love it, you're going to love it. But by and large, uh, most people's musical taste is set at about that point. Well, I wonder if it's much the same with fashion and tech then, like, you know, because then it's like, because I mean, fashion, it's like, sure, it's ever changing, but I mean, it also keeps cycling. So it's like trends in fashion keep coming back. Like right now, 90s grunge is kind of back again, and at least I think it is. And so it's kind of, it's kind of interesting in that way. Yeah. Like, fashion, I'm not so sure about in the same way that music I was kind of sure. Although, again, I've discovered new music. It's just that my... Or discovered. Yes, I have sailed the seas and found new music. No, no, no. I've heard, me, or heard new stuff and thought, oh, wow, I like that. I will seek it out more. But by and large, I'm still kind of the same, like, uh, 90s, early 2000s, alt-rock kind of person to the point where... Like the new and ska, obviously, where like the two newest bands that I've listened to are like a Gaslight Anthem and Streetlight Manifesto, two names that I get mixed up all the time. So that's all set. But fashion, as you were saying, like that is really interesting because I I think at least for me, it's because I only think to buy clothes maybe once every couple of years. A lot of my clothes uh for a long time were free shirts that i got from going to events 
Right. Uh, yeah. And then I realized one day it's like, okay, I'm wearing the same, <laughs> the same shirts for this defunct card game that hasn't been around for 10 years. I should buy some things with buttons on them. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it's, it is interesting. Like, well, and I think, I think like you're saying though, um, you know, it's like once you have a certain style, you get to that point where that that's what you're comfortable in and you finally set your style then mm-hmm. too um once you get older so i think there's yeah. there's a level of that as well tech though i think it's just our brains get slower and less you know less apt to learning on, new things you know i'm with you on that one because i i learned I came up with fa- nope, not Facebook. I came up with uh, well, IRC. <laughs> you came up that. with Facebook? No, it just came <laughs> up as in. Oh yeah, I just realized. Well, ooh, no, that's not what I meant at all. Came up as in the sense of grew up with. I guess is probably the right phrase. Yeah, I yes. grew up with. Although came up with is the right. That is a thing also in sense of growing up. But sure. for the sake of. Of everything. Yeah, no, I grew up with, like, um, MySpace and then Facebook, and right. which basically were the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then Twitter, I was like, all right, no, I I like this. Instagram took me so long to actually get around to getting into. Yeah. I think I joined it in March of this year when the, the uh, stay-at-home started because I figured, well, I have a whole bunch of friends who I just won't see for a while. So I better get on this so I can see what they're up to. Not realizing, of course, that they're not doing anything. No one's doing anything. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. But then you have all these other ones. I'm just like, I don't even, I don't want to do this at all. Like TikTok. TikTok is fun. I like it when people show me their TikToks, but I don't want to do TikTok at all. Yeah. <laughs> I have zero interest. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. The only reason I actually even got on Twitter and got on Instagram was because of streaming. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on either of those before. I, I had a MySpace back in the day. I have a Facebook, um, you know, things like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I just wasn't into all the different social medias until I started streaming. And then it's like, you know oh, you've got to do this thing if you want to keep up with everyone. And I'm like, oh, okay. So <laughs> well, on top of all that, like even stuff that we've had for a while, new stuff comes along with it. Like uh, one of the things that teens and tweens and young folks, God, that makes me sound old. But one of the things that they, they do is like, I go to YouTube and I watch, sometimes I watch like a how-to video. Sometimes mm-hmm. I watch a, uh, like a tutorial for City Skylines or Stellaris or whatever. And then a lot of times, most of the time what I'm doing with it is, oh, I haven't heard this song in a while. I want to watch the music video for it. And that's about it. Yeah. But the things that people are doing with YouTube now, like all these YouTube bloggers and bloggers, I have no idea who they are. These prank shows, uh, they're dude perfects and everything. And I've never felt more of an old person than when when someone's saying like, oh, yeah, this is a person who just unboxes things on YouTube. And like, I don't want to watch that at all. Yeah, like you're saying, the younger generations, it's super what they're into. Well, um, you know, one of the most, uh, um, not wealthy, one of the most revenue generatingest, I guess, uh, YouTube accounts is, you'll never guess, but just throw a couple guesses, uh, guesses out there. Isn't it that kid who opens oh, new toys? Yes, you do know. Okay, sorry, yeah. my bad. I didn't realize how plugged yeah, into the scene Nick, you were. 
I am super in it. You're such a zoomer. I know. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, that, uh, I think his name is Ryan's World. Something like Uh, that. I don't, I don't know the kid's name. I just, so you got me there, but. He's, he's just a kid and like you yeah. watch those early videos and it's the like it's funny someone else was explaining it to me it's like you watch those early videos and you can tell they're just like in an apartment and then after the first year they're in like a house and then like two years into it three years into it they're they're like in a pool they're in like a mansion and it's like oh this is all paid for through this one thing and to the point where like this christmas my nephew's got a whole bunch of ryan's world uh like activity books and things like that and like wow this this kid has made it i don't yeah. know how but this kid has made it and i wish well, i could get and it let's be that, clear also- the kid made it but like the parents made it right because oh, yeah. i mean like they're not just gonna let their kid just make videos on the internet like yeah oh that's a good point yeah that kid when he was like four i don't think he was like how do i get the star wipe to work on this thing hmm yeah i need to to reduce my gain here yeah i'm pretty sure that wasn't him yeah i could never could you ever do a a youtube channel do you think you would have what it takes to become to make the monies off of youtubes i mean yes because i made money off of twitch and it's a very different realm but i i I think i think i could i think i could monetize some i mean could i make a career out of it probably not can i make a career out of twitch probably not because i work full-time i have Hmm. a bunch of side hustles like you know there's just yeah that's not that's not my goal when i'm streaming and everything like that like is it nice to have a little bit of mad money yeah i you know but is it better to have like a cool community to hang out with like when you're playing video games yeah most certainly so i guess but then again i would sell out it's not really selling out it's more buying in i would buy in at the drop of a hat like if kfc told me unbox uh each of our meals and they said here's a thousand dollars i'd be like yep this is the only thing that I ever eat. Fuck you, Zaxby's, Popeyes. You can go straight to hell. I'm very mercenary that way. I can be bought. Yeah, I'm. I'm less so. Um, I think, <laughs> you know, because in a sense, I. Oh, this might be awful. I should, probably <laughs> shouldn't even say this. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, uh, I'm, I'll. Well, no. Like I, I I'm going to. I might oh, get okay. blamed for it. Um. So I mean. I grew up relatively wealthy, right? And that puts you in a different mindset about money, I think. Um, and so it's like, you know, in that in that sense, like granted, I've had to make all of my money now and really make my own life in my own way, right? Like now, now that I'm an adult. But what I mean is growing up as a kid, since I grew up wealthy, it puts you in a different mindset of like, oh, money is not such a huge thing <laughs> when you're like that, you know? I, I don't know how to say that properly, but you, I think you get the gist of what I'm trying to say is that it's like, it doesn't hold so much power over me in a sense. So it's like, I don't, I, I live comfortably. I don't need to, uh, I can be more pick and choose choosy with how i uh 
like what I represent with that money and stuff like that. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to explain this very well, but I can I can come at you from the other direction and we'll meet in the middle here shaking hands because I completely understand what you're saying, because I grew up with not a lot of money. We thought we had uh, like we didn't realize how poor we were because my parents did a good job of hiding it from us. But there are like that's why to me money is not I don't want to say it's to be hoarded. Because I think one of the worst things that you can do is be a billionaire, right? Like right. if you're a billionaire, spend that money uh, on on people, essentially. You know what I mean? Give some of it back. Uh, but which some do, but they still some, just make gobs and gobs of money. But. Yeah, but well, and we could fix that with with proper uh, progressive taxing. But that's a whole other thing. No, um, what I'm saying to to get on or to to get to the point that you're making from the other end is that because of the way that I, I grew up without having a whole lot and with having to ration and having to deny ourselves things is my attitude towards money has been like something bad is going to happen in six months. So you must always have about two, three, four thousand dollars just in your bank account so that when that bad thing happens, you uh, you are prepared for it and on top of that you can't spend any money because if you spend money that's when the bad thing happens and then you're going to be unready for it so if i go to la back when that was a thing that you could do i would spend a bit of money getting there and on a hotel and on whatever it was i was doing while i was down there and then on the way back i would think well Partly it helped. It didn't help that my car would break down all the time. But right. I would think to myself, what if my car breaks down? How am I going to get home? How am I going to live? I don't have enough money. And so you immediately start to become guilty about the the enjoying the money that you have. Like, uh, I haven't checked my bank account for a little while. That's another thing that you do as a poor person is you don't check your bank account at all. You just trust that there's enough in there so long as you don't do anything. Uh, because it's scary and I should look at it. But I have, I think, probably like $3,000 in there right now. Uh, we haven't paid rent yet, so that's going to go down pretty fast. Um, but the whole point is, like, you're just acutely aware. And so whenever an opportunity comes in to make, like, a, a nice little sum, like uh, I used to do, what was it, uh, focus groups? Anytime. Nichols Research would say, hey, we need someone uh, to tell us what they think about the art on this video game. Sure, no problem. We need someone to tell us what they think about this website. No problem. That's extra money that I can throw in there and so I can feel less scared about the future. And so what I always imagined was if you grew up with a healthy relationship to money, then you don't fear not having it, but you also aren't obsessed with making sure that you have it. Yes. There are different issues that come mm -hmm. along with it, though, because yeah. like my dad always held money over us as a power, oh. a power thing. Yeah. So that's, you know, entirely different. And you become very um, acutely aware in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> right? So did you? Yeah. This is a um, tangent, but did you have an allowance? Um, no, I just got money really? whenever I needed it. Oh, that's, that's an allowance. Oh, 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 but not like on a regular set schedule. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. Oh, I remember there was this one time I went to my dad's law firm to pick up money from him. And, uh, there were, you know, a couple ladies outside having a smoke or something. 
and I was like getting money from my dad and um, he was just, you know, putting money into my hand, like actual cash, right? And uh, and the ladies look over and they're like, must be nice. You know, can we have some? Like, you know, oh, and they just like, yeah, basically, yeah. So. No, that's terrible. Because yeah. we got, uh, we being my brother and I, we got an allowance that was, for the longest time, it was like $5 a week. And granted, you know, in like the 90s when you're, I was eight in 1990. When you're eight, $5 is a lot of money. Uh, because especially, you know, your parents feed you, they clothe you, they, they, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Feed you, clothe you, drive you to school. You don't have anything that you need to spend money on, really. So $5 what I would do with that basically is on Friday, I would go to Video Maniacs and rent a video game for the weekend and then return it Sunday night. Oh, uh, but then, yeah, 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 it was actually, it was very good. Uh, I wouldn't go see movies because those were $6. And excuse me, you want me to save money? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, right? As a kid, you have no concept of saving. It was like, right. my parents just gave me $20. I'm going down to the corner store and buying it all in candy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, around middle school, it got up to $10 and then that's when we started getting hot lunch at school. And that costs like, um, like a buck 50 or something like that. I don't, I don't remember at the time. So we get a buck 50 a day for the hot lunch, but then high school, it was $3 for lunch. And so what my mom, that now it's my turn to do it. <laughs> what my mom did, which was in hindsight, brilliant, was just said, I'm not going to give you an allowance per se anymore and i'm not going to give you lunch money anymore what i'm going to do is every uh i think it was friday every friday i'm going to give you guys 25 dollars each and that's your money until the next friday if you want to spend it all on lunch great if you want to not spend it on lunch that's also great you can spend it on candy i don't care make your own lunch that sort of thing and i was like wow that's a really smart way of doing it I yeah think that's great yeah 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 so your activity this week Yes. So because everything is bad, everything uh, has gone to shit. Yeah, everything's gone to shit, and things are bad. Let's uh, let's just talk about. Uh, we'll we'll each pick two things. We'll go back and forth. They're just good, and bringing us some joy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I will go first. Um, it's funny. I had one of my things to change because we we part the kimono here a little bit. We uh, had this idea maybe three weeks ago, and then we ended up not recording one week, and then we watched Palm Springs. Springs. Ah, see how great my memory is? <laughs> then we watched Palm Springs, and now uh, it's been two weeks, and I'm like, uh, what was my other thing? So I had a thing that changed, but I don't remember what it changed to, so I'm just going to change it back, because... That's what I can do. So the thing I'm going to change it back to is the idea. This is a really abstract concept. So I like the idea of specialization. And to give you an idea of what I mean, I'm talking, I'll, I'll talk about glasses for a moment. Uh, sorry, drinking glasses, cups, shall we say, how you have so many different types of cup that are each for something specific. So like a martini glass, for example, you could drink anything out of it. And you could drink a martini out of anything. You could drink a martini out of your bare hands if you really wanted to. But there's a martini glass that is made specifically because they're meant to be cold. So you have that long stem that you put your, your hand on. The stem doesn't get cold. 
you have an old-fashioned glass, which I don't even know why you're supposed to drink old fashions out of that, but you do. You have steins, which are like like mugs, but they've got the little thing on top so you can swing it around when you're singing with all your buddies in a beer hall or whatever. And I love the idea that somebody somewhere over the course of time was just like, all right, forks are nice. We got forks. They're very good. But what about what? I think I can make a fork specifically for opening and eating oysters. What would that look like? And then they did. And <laughs> things like along the things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I just love that. And then we have all the specialized vocabulary. Like for some reason, I was looking up what is a rumpus room? Because I was like, I think I know what a rumpus room is. Uh, and then I found out, oh, okay, there's a, it's the same thing as what you might call a rec room. Uh, or and so that led me to looking at other types of rooms that I had never heard of, like a loggia. So do you remember? Okay, you are a native English speaker. You know what a porch is, right? Yes. Yeah, right, cool. So if that porch extends your entire front of your house, that's called a veranda. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing as a porch. It's just bigger. And right. now if you have a veranda on the second floor or third, fourth, fifth, whatever, that's a loggia. I'm like, that's loggia? so cool that we just L-O-G-G-I-A. Loggia. I've never loggia. heard that. Yeah, it's a covered it's a covered exterior walkway on the second or floors above of a building. And like they used to use them. So like if you have a really cool balcony and you connect it to your next balcony, then you have a nice little loggia between the two rooms. It's just so cool that we have all these very specific words and tools for things that we don't even use anymore. Right. Like you could easily go your entire life thinking that the only loggia was Robert Loggia, the actor. You don't need to know what it is, but I just love the fact that there's that word. And somewhere out there, there's someone whose entire living is based on, yeah, that's a sunroom, uh, but that that there, that's a solar. Hmm. There's a difference? Apparently. I don't know. I love this stuff. So your rumpus room brought up my one of my favorite things that make me happy, and that's alliteration. I love Ooh. alliteration. Like... I will, anytime anyone asks me to title anything or name anything or, you know, come up with like an interesting little tagline or something, I always, my first thought is always to alliteration and I try and come up with something or um, what's it called when words sound the same? So you're making like similar sounds, but it's not um, actual alliteration. Um, It's either... Assonance or consonants, I think. Yeah, I also like that. Um, yeah. You know, in, in, along those same lines. So, yeah, very much into the alliteration. Those are really good. And uh, alliteration is a really good uh, memory device. Like, mm-hmm. if, you watch, if, if you watch old comic books, you read them. If you read old comic <laughs> books, um, a lot of characters have alliterative names like Peter Parker, uh, Scott mm-hmm. Summers, whatever. And that's because Stan Lee was bad with um, remembering names. So he would make every name alliterative so that just so that he could remember it. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 Huh. What's your second thing? Oh, that was your first. Oh, you didn't want to go in more on. Okay, sorry. I thought that was uh, uh, just a side one. No, that's cool. Uh, my second thing is games that you can't really lose. Like, for example, I mentioned it already in this episode, I've been playing City Skylines a lot. And the thing about City Skylines is you just build, or like SimCity or any of those other kind of ones, is you're just building a city and there's no boss. 
I guess the closest thing to a boss here is traffic in this game specifically. Like, I yeah. cannot begin to tell you how many times I've uh, thought I was doing great, and then I look on my highway, and there's about a two-mile line of cars trying to turn into one area. I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta do something about that. But just these little relaxing games where you can just sit and absorb, and you're kind, of, you're you're seeing progress. You're building things. You're making life better for your virtual people. One of the great things about City Skylines is that every single uh, person in your city has a little avatar. No, I mean they're just all generic or whatever. Like, like they're right. not. My my current city is fifty six thousand people. They're not going to make fifty six thousand individual avatars. But every little person you can, if they're running around on your screen, you can click on them or their car, find out where they live, where they work where they're going, uh, what their education and, and age is, that sort of thing. Just this little itty-bitty little stuff like that. Uh, the only other similar game to that that I can think of that is not a city-building type game is Katamari Damacy. Did you ever play that? mm Oh, Katamari is a weird, weird little game where you play the son of the king of all cosmos who was out drinking one night and knocked down uh the universe so all the stars are gone and so now you as his son the prince must roll your little sticky ball all over the world oh, picking things up i've seen this game yeah 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 it's yeah. just such a f- and then yeah you fling them into the into the sky and they become stars right. uh the only other thing worth specifically mentioning is it has one of the best soundtracks i love uh katamari damacy soundtrack that is worth it there's some real jams on there uh hmm. angel from oh everlasting love that's what it's called from katamari damacy 2 uh we heart katamari is a genuine like k-pop k-pop j-pop jam but like the thing about it is it's such a relaxing game because there's no stakes if you lose the level you just start over right. and you just keep going until you get it hmm. yeah kind of neat. i have to think of the second one though because i you know, I think uh, it's driving to the perfect song with the perfect atmosphere outside. Like, Ooh. no traffic on maybe a hilly kind of road that you can overlook nature or overlook the city or whatever it might be. Um, so it's just like, you know, life is good. Like, you uh-huh. just have a moment to appreciate what's around you and just realize you know everything's not so bad and i i think that's one of my favorite things i it's always been one of my favorite things ever since i was young was just go for a drive um it's always been very calming for me i've just always really liked doing that and yeah so for me it's that hasn't changed that's still a very positive thing in my life and very much the time where i can be like you know what i appreciate this moment or i can sing in my car and almost pretend i'm making a music video or you know something (laughs) silly and stupid like that but it's like it's just my time to really appreciate the moment uh in a sense my brother and I used to call that before we learned what the word meant in other contexts, we called that cruising. Yeah. So we would just go cruising sometimes. Eh, not in the sense of picking up people, but, uh, you know, just go cruising. And actually, my brother, I remember one time we were going to an A's game and we were going up 880 
and it was uh, like June, early June or whatever. So it's nice, like 80 degrees outside. And this was back like 2001. He put on Bush <laughs> and we were listening to Machine Head as we're going up 880. And he just looks at me and says like, oh, sorry, 680. That's the one that gets you to Oakland. My bad. I'm so sorry, guys. I, think I failed you. Also gets you there, but I mean, like you would, it it has to turn into like 80 or something first or something. Yeah, like eight, that. 880. Now that I think about it, that's what gets you to uh, West Oakland, and then 680 gets you to like East Oakland. And I forget where the because when I go up to see you, I'll go up 880, and there's a bunch of Oakland turnoffs or whatever. Yeah. So I forget where the Coliseum is. I think it's East Oakland. Don't quote me. Um. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're just going up the the freeway, and we're listening to Machine Head. And he just turns at me and goes, "This is road trip music, Nick. This is cruising music." And so I've always thought that that is that is the ultimate, like just driving in a car song is Bush Machine Head. <laughs> okay, I which like says it. a lot about me. What's your What's your cruising music when you're cruising? Oh, that really depends on my mood. Like, I mean. Any, I like country, so a lot of the time it'll be country, but, um, you know, I like everything. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it can also be, like, you know, m- you know, har- semi-hardcore metal. Like, it can be anything. It just depends oh, yeah. on my mood. If I feel like singing, it's just, like, wholesome pop, you know? Like, I mean, it's just literally anything i don't have a particular genre or right. song or anything like that that's that makes cruising for me but they actually so up here um they don't they have signs for certain roads where it says no cruising um <laughs> because well because i guess it's still a thing um up here oh, yeah. and so and too many people would make U-turns on really busy streets because there are, there are a lot of, like, really straight streets up here. Um, yeah. And so, and they have relatively higher speed limits up here compared to the Bay Area. So people would just kind of cruise and then make U-turns. At, and so they don't allow U-turns either at certain times of the day because of cruisers. So, yeah. See, for a moment there, I thought you were talking about cruising in the sense of uh, picking up prostitutes. Sorry. No, picking up sex no, workers. No, no. no and like I was like, yeah, of course there's signs that say, yeah. say, of course there's signs saying no cruising. No. And you're like, it still goes on. I'm like, yeah, sex work still goes on. No, oh my <laughs> how, God, no. How sheltered are you? No, I, mean, I understand like, what I'm you're sure saying. that happens, yeah. but that's not why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cruising. Yeah. Th- th- this is what we'll say. Cruising with a G Instead is the cruising. art instead of cruisings cruising is going around and just listening to some good cranking some tunes and seeing the the sun as you as you crest a hill up in oakland which is all nice and hilly and you go down you're like oh yeah this is pretty nice yeah i like oakland more than anyone not from oakland should like i don't know why well, Oakland, the Oakland Hills are beautiful. Mm-hmm. People don't know that there are really nice parts to Oakland. The Oakland Hills is a really ritzy, nice area. Like, yeah. it's well, kind really... of it's kind of funny because you know Oaktown is, you know, kind of crime ridden and, and you know kind of di- very different. But then just above it is a beautiful area to live like it's just gorgeous that's really interesting and i think it actually 
partly gets to what we were talking about last week when we were talking about how I'm more at home. I'm a city ranger. Is that uh, downtown Oakland? Oh, I love downtown Oakland. Oh, it's God. a lot of it's a lot of uh, Art Deco buildings, and uh, it's just what I think of when I think of a city. I really enjoy. Uh, the problem is there's not really anything to do there, so I'm not going to drive or take Bart up to downtown Oakland just to go to a Burger King near the the, uh, the city hall plaza or whatever, which is actually a really nice area too. But I don't know. So there's no reason to go there. Maybe go see the pinball museum someday, but I don't actually like pinball. And I think that's in San Francisco. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I really like that area. It's just, I have no reason to go there. So when I was working construction, (laughs) when I was very young, uh, I was like 18, 19. um, I was a driver for a construction company. So I had to go to downtown Oakland to pick up a part for something. Um, cause only this one specialized little shop had it and I'm driving down in the truck, just little young. And I'm just going to say it because I was the only white person within eyesight. I got stared down the whole time I drove through there and not from a sense of like, you know, like catcalling or anything it was like what are you doing here like kind of stare down and i was like wow you're an outsider i was scared yeah no and not from like never scared before of like being anywhere else you know it's like i drove there no problem not thinking about it and then it was like yeah i was a total outsider there and it was like get the fuck out of here like kind of mentality like being stared down and i was like Fuck, fuck, you know? Well, like, <laughs> yeah. One of these was... days, we'll cruise Oakland. Yeah, no, I, I like I liked that area. Like, I'm telling you, there's some really beautiful parts to it. But ever since that experience, I've I've had a hard time going downtown, so. We'll cruise downtown. We'll go to the, uh, the Burger King that I went to after I saw the Kamala Harris rally. Uh... It's a it's a nice Burger King. I'm sorry. I really <laughs> like that Burger King. I'm just not going to drive Thanks, that Nick. far for Burger I, King. I, for taking me out to Burger King. That sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get you. We'll, we'll have it your way. Whatever you want, baby. Whatever <laughs> oh you want. You, you want no pickles? You got no pickles. <laughs> Jesus. You want extra, extra mustard? I'll tell you what. For you? I'll get you extra mustard. Oh God. Okay. I the think, brightest uh, yellow this is extra where mustard. I cut Nick off, and I say, "I'm classy." And I'm Nick. I forgot what I said earlier, so I'm just gonna go with it. Tea enthusiast, I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I've had a new tea. That's all. That's that's the end of that anecdote. <laughs> and we're signing off, hoping you have a good tomorrow and take care of each other. This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit NOTLG.com.